on jrootradio.com. Enjoy. Listen to it every Thursday night from 7 to 8. Entertainment, exciting, and fun on this show. Your host now is the Kishonier on jrootradio.com. Enjoy. Listen to it every Thursday night from 7 to 8. Entertainment, exciting, and fun on this show. Your host now, supposed to talk i was supposed to start the show i'm sorry everybody uh, uh, hold on why she's coming right to the microphone uh, uh, welcome to thursday night Whew, what a start i'm telling you Schmerl, thanks for the introduction and uh Schmerl, uh do you want to finish off a little bit yeah i'm Schmerl, and this is the Katrina hour right here on Jaden Radio. You can call 712-432-4217 to listen and text 347-927-8398. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, Schmerl? Uh Next time, say it a little slower, though. Okay? All right. Fine. Now, anyways. Yeah? You know, Schmerl, I, uh... Yeah, you were supposed to get Shlamey Dax, and Shlamey Dax had a... Shadowbrachas, Mazeltov. Right. Uh, how did you know? I read your message. You cannot read my messages. It's it's private. It's it's connected us. You don't have to take my uh, other people's messages. I mean, it's it's very wrong. Oh, Shmer, I I I I don't believe you. I mean, I can't believe you did it. You know, uh, it's connected uh, us right before Pesach. You know, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. It's like a uh, Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, it's Rosh Hashanah Leonidas. Rosh Hashanah What are you talking about? Huh? I think you're driving me monkey bananas. Okay, yes, this is the Kishwani Hour. I'm Moshe Grunfeld. No, you're Shmerl. No, I'm not Shmerl. I'm Moshe Grunfeld. Okay, and the number to call to listen is 712-432-4217. And you can text 347-927-8398. And if you want to be a reporter, we do have a reporter that's going to call in. Yes, we do have a reporter. We do have a reporter that's going to call in. In just a minute? No, I don't know when. Uh, Nisim is working on the phones, and he's going to let me know when that reporter calls in. Yeah, I just hope it's not Potato Kugel. It's not Potato Kugel. It's actually his name is... Don't say his name. What a surprise. Okay, it's going to be a surprise. Well... Told that uh, junior reporter calls in. Okay. 
What are you going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about a Shabbos story. A Shabbos story? Oh, boy. <sighs> What's the matter? My stories are really that boring? Sometimes. Well, I'll make this one really exciting. Yeah, but if you yell too loud, you'll break the air. Who's there? Well, whoever's listening. Um, okay, I don't want to break anybody's ear. Yeah, you may be busted if you talk so loud. Well, I'm not going to be talking so loud. How about this? Is this a little better? No, that's worse. Why is it worse? Because you're talking too loud. So, how do you want me to talk? Uh, like this! That was really loud. I mean, that busted my eardrums. Um, okay. You know what, Schmerl? I'm going to read a story. I love stories. Yeah, especially the ones I read. No. Okay, well, I'm starting anyway. This week's story, Shabbat story for Parshat Hazria. What's the question this week? The question this week? Yeah. I didn't have time to look it up. That'd be ridiculous. What do you mean, don't be ridiculous? That's true. I didn't have time to look it up. Why not? Because I am uh, working as a math tutor. Yeah, well, you haven't taught me anything. Um, uh, Shmeryl, don't embarrass me in uh, front of everybody, please. And uh, how many people are listening? Uh, quite a few. Uh, give me a number. Uh, let's say 2,000. Okay, I'll believe you. Only this once. Oh, stop it, Shmeryl. I want to read the story. Is it on this week's parasha? Yes, it's on this week's parasha. Okay, I'm getting ready to listen. So listen on. Boys and girls, listen on to this amazing story. It's called... I need medicine for... But it's true. Uh, Shmerl, what are you? Uh, I'm sort of your son. Oh, see that? I do have a son. Well, I need medicine for my son. Some... ...was a rabbi. Passed away. Just a year. So, after the birth of the first son leaving his wife alone to provide for the baby, and she managed to make money by cleaning houses, and she put enough money together each week to provide for herself, her family, her son, and she even put a little money aside. But then, something happened. Oh no, don't scare me. Well, it's actually something really sad that happened. Oh no, I hope it's not becoming sick. Well, Merle, are you reading over my shoulders again? I am reading over my shoulders again. No, you're not reading over my shoulders. Okay, well... He referred them to a hospital and where after extensive testing... What's a test? Well, uh, like the test you do. You know the tests you do? Yeah, they were hard. Yeah, did you fail any of them? Well, let's not talk about it over the air. Okay, I'm not talking about it over the air. Well, they also had to admit that they couldn't diagnose the disease, but it looked really bad. This disease looked really bad. Oh, no. Did they have a cure? Hold on. She had spent a lot of the savings, but she certainly did not give up. And after searching and inquiring, asking people, they mentioned the name of a great professor. What was the professor's name? Uh, doesn't say it in the story. Sparing no time, she got his phone number, called his office, and requested that he make a call and declared that money was not obstacle. 
is not uh, part of it. So fine. The professor arrived at the apartment. He began having serious doubts when he knocked on the door, entered, and saw that it was really, really poor. He had an urge just to go home, but something inside of him told him to accept it with it, and he, and he had to see the patient. So he examined the child, went to the sink to wash his hands, turned to the boy's mother and said, Your son has a rare disease. I know what it is. I know what the cure could be. I know where you can get the medicine. It's in a store, a large drugstore. What's a drugstore? A drugstore is like a pharmacy. Okay. They are only the ones that can make it, but there's a problem. It's going to be very, very for you. But let me ask you, do you have money to pay for the medication? They won't give it to you for free, and that's for sure. What are you going to do? The woman's tears of gratitude filling her eyes thanked the professor and firmly stated that as the money goes, she That's a funny text. Code a text. Raised in wonder, and he glanced over his shirt. Tom finally leaned forward, narrowed his eyes, and said to her, This will cost a few thousand dollars. Do you have money? She stood straight, stared him back in the eye, and said that she was willing to promise, even to sign an agreement, that she would come in and cleaned the drugstore every evening after she finished work until the bill covered the need. But she needed the medicine to save the son's life. The pharmacist relaxed a bit and said that, in fact, she was in good luck because their cleaning woman just quit. And they need a replacement. But it would only be two hours a day. And at that rate, it would take... He took a pencil on paper and was calculating one year and eight months to pay it off. Well, what can she do? So, she immediately agreed. Why did she agree? Because she needed the money very badly, Shmero. Oh. Oh, no, that's a terrible story. Uh. Oh, don't cry, Shmero. It has a good ending. It really does. Oh, uh, it doesn't have an ending of happily ever after? I don't know. I didn't finish the story yet. Well, she immediately agreed, signed the paper, and she made herself to work. But when she looked in her pocketbook, she realized that she had spent her last time on the taxi and now didn't even have money for a bus. And 
as not to draw attention, she quickly walked. She's davened, looked down at the pavement in front of her, and walked as fast as possible. Careful not to look up. And uh, I believe our junior reporter called in. Okay, uh, Nisim, you can put him on. Okay, first of all, tell us, what is your name? That's number one. Well, first, I got to say hello to you. Oh, hi. Right, that's true. <laughs> and how is your smell right over there? Oh, Shmerl, 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 how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. He's behaving very well, it looks like. So, uh, wh what are you going to say this week? Well, I was going to prepare a but I ended up deciding to do some on something on Sharma Lashem because my Dvartari got misplaced. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I I always watch my speech. Uh, okay, that's terrific, Shmerl. All right. So, yeah, you can start your Shmir Salashin. We're all, uh... What's your name, first of all? Nisim, how can you put him on the stuff? Oh, sure, what's your... oh. Okay, we're starting with this. <laughs> we have a junior reporter. What's your name? A brand new junior reporter. Junior, and and uh... hopefully it will be like the... Bigelinski, yeah, and you and Rubin. Uh, this um, is the legendary uh, yeah. junior reporter, and there will be another... So, you replace him. So, what's your name? My name is Moshe Gottman. Moshe Gottman. Moshe wow. Gottman. Wow. And how old are you? I am 11 years old. Just turned 11 about a couple of weeks ago. Well, yes. we have two Moshe here. So, Moshe, uh, uh, give us uh, your uh, Shmirat Alashon. We will enjoy you. Yeah, and uh, we're going to listen to it, and we hope to uh, be uh, inspired by it. Okay, everyone. first of all, I, I, I will be starting off with Salashin for girls of Shemir Salashin and Amet Hashem in the upcoming weeks, I'll be, and I will be doing it in Salashin for boys. Excellent. Fantastic. Okay. There's something called to say it right. Let's say there's a girl who's sitting down on the floor. She's crying. You go over to her and you ask her, bothering you. And you try you, you try to make her feel better. Shmir Salashin. Shmir Salashin is watching your mouth from saying Neville Pet. And I'll be starting off with, with a story. Come come over here, Saya called across the classroom to no one in particular. Take a look at this. In moments, she was surrounded by a crowd of cur cur curious girls, and the, and the commotions began. Well, who did that? Are you kidding? Tyler, Tyler, Kaya told her, unlook, unlook, winking confidentially. She's a, she's a color artist. Oh, come on, Ayala protested, trying to cover up the paper. And you Ayala usually spent her recess alone, reading at the lunchroom. It wasn't as if Ayala was unlinkable. It was just that she made no effort to socialize. You have to see what else she can draw, Chai persisted. Ayala told them that portrait of Moshe. So over here we have that that Chaya is somebody who who doesn't have anything to do, who is not really a, like one of those big machers in the class. 
and she's one of those people who really have nothing to do with her with her class and her friend Bracha is trying to help her become become at least a common person in the class and Ayala Ayala is trying to to make sure that this doesn't happen or she's not being so and Ayala is one of those big machers and she's being now angry that this Chayla is becoming Ayala's face flushed, but nonetheless, she pulled out a piece of paper with a brilliantly executed portrait done in caracal. Excited cries of, of wow and ooh filled the ear. I'm telling you, Ayala's amazing, Chai said again. The whole class nodded in agreement. We should really ask her to do something for the class newsletter, no? For sure, it was the hoodist, the class president. All heads nodded nodded with a nice shake. For sure, it was the hoodist, the class uh, Ayala Shachter had suddenly become part of the class, and Chai Abrams, whose heart had broken at the sight of her previously lonely classmate, grinned with satisfaction. I'm overwhelmed, said the girl on the podium, adjusting her hair nervously and holding the large, the large award with trembling fingers. I never believed that I'd be standing here today. Seven years ago, back in fifth grade, I was going through a difficult situation at home. I retreated into myself, and of course, my classmates naturally withdrew from me. No one ever seen, no one even seemed to notice I existed. I almost wiped at her eyes quickly. I felt all alone in the world, and then one day, everything changed. My classmates started paying attention to me. They started admiring my talent for drawing, and dear, everything else picked up speed. It was amazing, and was all thanks to the power of one individual, higher albums, with a few, with a few coins. Well-intentioned words. She built me up and changed the entire course of my life. Now, over here we see of the of this girl who had nothing to do with the class, and she is one of those little kids who was a like a honor compared to the whole. And now, another girl in the class brought her up by saying that she was a good artist, and that made the girl's life change forever. So. But how? But how can so? How can our words help or hurt others? So there has to be there, there's a connection between of Shemar Lashon over here. This girl who helped the girl who was on of become one of the, those big and bring out her point of of that she's the artist to the class. She could have said it in in a with one word that in an expression that other girls have thought. That she is making fun of her, and and let's say she would have would have said, oh, she this is a fantastic artist over here. This girl in our class is the most most best artist that I've ever saw before. Some people in the class would have thought that she's trying to to you know make fun of her and say, oh, she's the best. But if by saying it and not and making sure that nobody would understand that is not Russian horror. Now, let's recap. Words have incredible power. They are an awesome gift from Hashem. We can use them to bring extraordinary good into the world, but if we are not careful, our words can cause incredible destruction. Use your power of speech in a positive way. Give someone a sincere compliment today. So, let's say this. Over here we see that by giving somebody a good compliment, it can, it can change their life forever, and they'll be a better person. But, it's a call of Heimer that if you, by mistake, say a wrong word to somebody, it can ruin their life forever. So we have to be careful with what we say. And also, I just want to give one more example before we before I finish my language, Russia. 
that if anybody that if that if he that let's say there's a class class project and this kid thinks and this this boy Chaim thinks that he's not gonna do so good on it, and then his friend Moshe goes over to him and says, You're gonna do the best and meanwhile Chaim gets a big and gets gets energetic and he wants to go do something to show Moshe Moshe that he actually that that Moshe's words actually helped. And meanwhile now he wins this contest of of the class project project whoever brings in the best artistic picture. Oh wow. <laughs> Very good. Well what a wonderful and also I uh, would like to end off with a Shabbos joke. What a, what a wonderful uh, example. I'm sure everybody uh, who was listening had some inspiration on that uh, amazing we'll story. Continue, we'll continue with you. Yeah, uh, hopefully every week. Main. Yeah. Uh, I also have a Shabbos joke to you just... Go ahead. <laughs> I, give to, I give you and Shmuel and Nissan 10 seconds to come up with the answer after I finish the joke. Only 10 seconds? Yeah, Shmuel, only 10 seconds. If you okay. want, I can make it 15 seconds. No, no, that's fine. 10 seconds is good enough. Okay. Why do we, in what zechus do we eat a dessert on by the Shabbos meal or cover the candles? Um, uh, uh, candy candles? Oh, Shmeryl, stop it. There's no such thing as candy candles. I knew you would say something like that. Um, so let's hear the answer to that. Well, the answer is that we do eat cantaloupe. Look over the candles. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a really funny one. Okay. Very good. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're so glad to that you can uh, be the junior reporter. And Reza uh, Hashem, every week we should continue. Have a great Shabbos. And, uh, yeah. And Reza uh, Hashem, next week we will be going into... Uh, Lushing for boys. All right. Okay. Great. Thank okay. you. Okay. Have a great Shabbos. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and that was our first junior reporter. The first and only junior reporter. That's correct. Okay. So now we're going to continue on with our story. And the wonderful, delicious story. Um. So, uh, Moishi, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, you're not Moishi. Come on. That's not nice. Okay, so let me continue. Well, you're not Moishi. I gotta continue that one. Well, so it was cold outside, and she was sweating, and of course she walked to the pharmacy, and of course she looked down at the pavement, and we're up to the part that it, uh, she was davening very hard, but it didn't work. Suddenly, she felt someone grab her by the shoulders from the front, Push her against the wall and say sarcastically, What you got there under your coat? She looked up to see a massive person who put her purse and was opening a freezing wind blew. No one was around. Please, she said. I have no money. All I have is my medicine. He's dying. Please let me go. But that don't work either. Medicine? He smiled. Let's see the medicine. Maybe it's something good. He opened one of the bottles, took a big smell, and waited for something to happen. Ah, it's terrible. It smells like a pook. He smelled as he opened the rest of the purit. The contents all over her head. 
at Coach. Then he pushed her again against the wall, slapped her in the face, knocking her down to the pavement, threw the empty bottle at her, and left, spitting and cursing as he went without hesitating. She stood up, brushed herself off, picked up one of the bottles, returned it to her purse, buttoned up her coat, and began walking back, crying silently from the trauma, limping a bit to the drugstore as fast as possible, hoping it was still open. And an hour later, she arrived. It was. She again entered, approached the countdown. When the pharmacist appeared from the back and saw her, she said, My goodness, what happened? What happened to you? What is that smell? Your face is swollen. Please sit down. I'll give you some water. What is that smell? She refused the water. She uh, she said she was all right. I got beaten and robbed. Baruch Hashem, I'm alive. But it's not really important. It's not really important of what happened. The main thing is that right now, I don't have the medication that I need. Please give me the paper I signed. I'll sign another for another eight months. Please, I have I have to get that medication for my son. The pharmacist stared at her and began to trouble. Tell me, that smell and that stain on your coat, that's the medicine? Yes, she answered as she took the empty bottle. But it's not important what happened to me. I need... Pharmacist car short took the bottle. No, no, I don't believe it. It can't be. No. As he removed his hand and looked again at the bottle, his eyes filled with tears. He gazed at her as though she was a ghost that kept repeating, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. After a few minutes, he came to himself and said, Listen, I made a mistake. A terrible mistake. I gave you the wrong medicine. The wrong bottles. If your son would have taken one of this medication, it would have killed him. Do you understand? I, w I would have been blamed for killing your son. He would have been dead. It's crazy. But it's a miracle that you got robbed. He wiped his brow, leaned forward, lowered his voice, and said, Listen, lady, don't tell anyone about this. No one, if you tell people, I could lose my license. Look, I'll give you the right medicine. Just wait here. He disappeared into the back room. And in a minute, returned with several bottles, identical to the first. Here, take the medicine for free. And here, see? He took the contract, ripped it up, and then he took out his wallet. I gave her money. Here, take $100. Take it. This time, take a cab home. Don't walk. And the rest, use your son. Use it for your son, the money. He put some ghost pads and ointments in the bag. Here is something for the swollen guy in your face. Just please, don't tell anyone till I retire in 10 years or so, okay? You want more money? She shook her head and tried to give the $100 back as well. But, of course, didn't work. He escorted her outside. Medicine worked, and her son not only lived, but grew up to be a Rebbe. Rebbe Moshe Shower. He became the Nazi of a good Israel of America. And boys and girls listening to the story, I mean, this was a really, it's a really unbelievable story about this parasha. Anyways, let's continue with our next story. Oh, that was so story. Oh my goodness. So she was robbed. Basically, let me sum it up. She was robbed. Yes, she was robbed. And he, the pharmacist, gave him for free. That's correct. Wow. That's unbelievable. It, it really is unbelievable. Well, let's go to our next story. 
And uh, by the way, we are looking for more junior reporters and the proper number to uh, uh, text is 347-927-3279. Okay. Or J Radio, of course. Nine uh, That's correct. Um okay. And well so let's go to our uh other to my other story right here. And boys, this is a boys and girls, this is a talent show on here on Constraining Hour on J Radio. And uh for those of course who are watching right here. And right there, you see me. And, of course, right there on that camera. Um, yeah. So, for those who don't see me, you have no clue what I was talking about. Well, there we right now, we have Baruch Hashem. I have, I'm videoing myself doing this. It feels like I'm talking to myself. No, it doesn't feel like I'm talking to myself. It feels like you're talking to yourself. I'm never talking to myself. Yeah, only when you're home. No, I'm never talking to myself, not even at home. Okay, and we're going to continue to the next story. This one is called Her Own Child. Wow, this story sounds like it was... But yeah, the Agudas Yisrael story, Rav Moshe Sher, he was a, one of the Nazim from Agudas Yisrael of America. And believe it or not, this uh, this was the son of this mother, who was Moshe Nefesh, Mamish, uh, gave everything she got. Everything she got to... Uh, to afford a child. Now, we're going to come along and we're going to do another story. So, let's continue with another story. Her own child. Even before the clouds thickened over the Eastern Europe in the pre-Nazi years, it became common for Yidden and countries to be The United States. So basically, in those days, you Chamis Barach, where you hope to be redeemed in the next, uh, in the next, uh, two days. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, from the early 1900s and on. Parents scrimped their rubles to pay for their long and big journey of their sons and daughters who traveled alone uh, abroad on uh, on on the on the boats, and they offered the conditions that are unsuitable for humans. What does that mean? That means like uh, let's say they'll put you in the cargo. I believe. Wow, that's that's crazy. And they would come to America like that. Yeah, they would come to America like that. Wow, that's so sad. Well, I believe it or not, I think Beryl would like to say hello. Beryl, thank you so much, Beryl, for uh, coming in. And Beryl, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm sorry I'm late. Well, what happened? What happened? What happened to you? Uh, I, I, by the way, I didn't hear that story of uh, Ramesh Shar uh, about uh, going to Central America, and I'm very pleased to hear it. Oh, yeah, you are? Oh, why? Because I believe you did some advocacy for a good Israel. I uh, actually, uh, that's supposed to be a private matter. 
that I do uh, that I do work with Agota Cistrol. Nobody's allowed to know that, all right? Um, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> well, I I thank you for that original Jewish music who's watching right now on my Instagram. I thank you for that uh, comment that I have a sick voice. Um, yeah. I actually, uh, I'm thinking of uh, doing more of kids shows, and I think I'm just gonna stick to doing shows and not make a CD because doing CDs is not my style. I do not want millions of people listening. I only want thousands of people listening. Okay, that's very funny. Well, uh, why? How much do you think is listening to me right now? Truth, probably seven thousand. Okay, so that's not so much. That's not so much. Of course. How many do you think can fit in this room? Um, two million. Oh, hush, Meryl, come on. Be realistic. Two million people can't fit in one room. Uh, you know what? Oh, well. Anyways, well, from the early 1900s, parents, they went to rubles. They had a only, in those days, they paid with rubles. And the tickets were such a, for such a journey, cost a big fortune. But it's a small fortune on your story. That's true. And that's because, well, first of all, when we say a small fortune means it's going to be a big fortune. So it uh, was a very heavy price on these families. Parents often chose to ship their children to America one by one rather than sending all at once because they just couldn't afford it. But it was always their hope and their dream that all their children would eventually reach America, where they would join by their parents and uh, and they would stay with the relatives who would care for them and help them wait. That was gross. You blew your nose on the microphone. Shmerl, don't say everything I did. I, I mean, I'm going to be left for our show soon if you keep on telling all the secrets. <laughs> That's funny. It's not funny at all. I mean, I'm very embarrassed. I mean, you just embarrassed me in public. Uh, how many people are watching? I don't know, but I do see one person watching me. Uh, who's that? It's actually not a person. Oh, no. It's actually Hashem. Hashem always watches over me. I know. And you never had a bad day in your life. That's right. I never had a bad day in my life. And I'm going to say it with proudness that I never had a bad day in my life because everything that happens is always good. Yeah, I tell you, you're such a tzaddik. Hey, Shmeryl, I'm not a tzaddik. That's not nice. Okay, let's continue with the story. Anya Gold. Well, that's an interesting name. I never heard that name. That's like your grandmother. Yeah, that's like my grandmother, right? Um. Anyways, Anya Gold was chosen one in her family. She was the oldest of eight children. And in the 1930s, her, her Polish parents, her parents from Poland, told her it was time to go to America. They saved just enough money for the one ticket and decided that Anya would be the first child please and they told her don't worry we're gonna join you later growing up in baltimore under the sheltering wing of the affectionate aunt anya waited for her family but they never arrived it took years for the family to make enough money for another another uh more fear and then they had been caught by yamach uh, circle in Baltimore over the years Anya had received an occasional letter from Poland recounting family news and milestones her siblings bar mitzvahs their marriages 
her births of grandchildren, she awaited these letters eagerly and saved each one. And then the letters came no more. Anya feared the worst. But it was only after the war that she was able to conclusively determine her family's fate. A few survivors from her hometown in Poland who trickled into Baltimore brought the news she had both dreaded to hear. And she knew the report. Her entire family was wiped out. They all died, unfortunately, in the camps. Well, it was hard to go on afterwards. But even though survivors began to rebuild their lives, her family's memory burnt in her mind. Heart and soul. But Anya knew that the best way for her to commemorate their legacy was creating one for herself. She would marry, have a child, she promised, and each would carry one of those siblings' names. Anya did indeed marry a wonderful person named Saul, and their life together was almost great. They were truly mates, and, and uh, they longed for children. Flesh of their blood, for their blood, they want their children. That's another way of saying they want the children. But in this area, <laughs> they just didn't have children. Uh, after many years of trying, of seeking help from specialists, Anya and Saul confronted the reality of the situation. Would you want to adopt? Anya asked one day. Anya considered this option for a long time, but inwardly she didn't really want that. She didn't want, didn't want to raise somebody else's child. Because, you know, she felt it wasn't for her. Still, there seemed no other way. They were never going to have children of their own. The doctor said so. Well, fine. Her husband was more certain. Yes, let's adopt, he urged. They contacted the agency and in New York and were told that an infant had just been given up for adoption by its mother, who was a teenager. The agency official stammered an apology. I'm so sorry, but the grandmother had decided to raise the baby after all. So, after all this, they didn't even have their child to adopt. Well, had their trip been a total waste? You know, the agency official remarked, I do have a wonderful little grain named Miriam who's in desperate need of a home. Miriam was adorable and daring, but she was already eight years old. Although Anya and Saul reluctantly agreed to meet the girl and were captivated by her by her uh, ways. Well, and they couldn't really come to terms with their age. I really want a child that's young enough to know me as only its mother. I want the newborn to cradle in my arms. I understand, the official said, but Miriam has really been through a lot in a short time. I could really use a loving home. Sorry, but no, Anya said with regret. A year passed with no prospects. And uh, Anya had contacted many agencies across the United States, but an infant was increasing. It was very difficult to find. All the while, Anya's intense longing for a child consumed her being a hungry and hollow ache. She had an ache in her stomach that, you know, she didn't have kids and it bothered her. You know, she mused to her husband one day, maybe we should do too quick to dismiss that, Miriam. She was really an exceptional, appealing child. Something about her actually tugged at my heartstrings in a special way. Saul looked at her thoughtfully. 
been a full year, he said. Do you think she's still available? She was, uh, she was, the agency told them over the phone. Not too many people want a nine-year-old, she said. So, yes, she's still available. But there's a complication. Her little brother had been found in Europe and has joined her in her, our home for the orphans. The siblings are inseparable, and we've promised them they'll be adopted together. Would you be willing to adopt both of them? Well, back in New York, Anya and Saul met their siblings. And once again, Anya felt drawn to Miriam's sweet demeanor. Her six-year-old brother, Moshe, was adorable, too. Anya and Saul looked at each other silently, telegraphing their mental agreement. Let's do it, their eyes said. Back in Baltimore, Anya shepherd the uh, two children. What does shepherd the two children mean? Well, shepherd the two children means that uh, she took great care, like sheep. Sheep you have to take good care because sheep are like children and they could get harmed and they could get eaten. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah, isn't it, right? Well, little Moshe was shy and restrained, but Miriam was adventurous and curious and she moved around the living room excitedly. Touching the knickknacks and carryos that adorned the mantles and tablets, suddenly she stopped short in front of the piano and her face went white. She pointed to the photograph in a tight and straightened voice. Miriam asked, Why do you have a picture of my bubby on your piano? What? Anya asked, confused. My bubby? Why is my bubby's picture on your piano? Anya stared at the picture of her, of her dead mother. What in the world was the girl talking about? Miriam ran to the lone piece of luggage she had brought her to her from the orphanage. From a battery pouch, she retrieved a picture. See, she said, I have the same picture. My bubby. My mother, Anya whispered very slowly. Do you want to see a picture of my mommy? Miriam asked. She raced to the luggage to retrieve another picture. Do you want to see what she looked like? She handed Anya a picture of something, someone she knew very well. Sarah! Anya screamed as her knees buckled beneath her. Wait a minute, how do you know my mother's maiden name? Unknowingly, Anya had adopted the two children from her own sister. Now, boys and girls, this is an unbelievable story. Imagine that these people were thinking of adopting and lo and behold Hashem made it that since you can have children of your own you will take care of your sister's children like your own children and that is what happened and imagine that's uh, the story really is uh, it speaks for itself and now for some questions for those who are listening and uh, we will have the answers uh, with the questions, uh, but yeah, we're, but we're not starting those questions right now. We are going to do a little bit of a story, one more story, and uh, we are going to uh, ask a question and uh, have some music. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, whoever wants to. Uh, be interviewed, of course, on this show on Kishroni Hour. If you have the talent, well, I more than accept. 
So you can email me at N-E-W-K-I-S-H-R-O-N-I-H-O-U-R at gmail.com. That's N-E-W-K-I-S-H-R-O-N-I-H-O-U-R at gmail.com. And I will answer you. And of course, if you're watching uh, me on uh, the online, you can uh, just uh, message me. It's Moish Grunfeld. And of course, if you want to know my real name on uh, Instagram, my Instagram name is New Jewish Music. And uh, yeah, and you're all welcome to uh, message me and uh, let me know uh, if you would like to advertise as well. Okay, so this story, this story is a like a uh, very interesting uh, story. There was a story about that uh, this person visited Paris and it was a Lubavitch, uh, a Lubavitch uh, person, uh, Lubavitch uh, of Lubavitch said that, uh, you know, that he had to make a journey to Paris and Rav Shmuel Lubavitch of Lubavitch went and Rav Shaya, Rabbi Yishayo asked the Rebbe where they're going. He said, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. You know where I'm going to stay? In the hotel. In the Alexander Hotel. Now, this was one of the most amazing hotels in the city at that time. The Rebbe went on. And since you don't speak French, I'll speak for the people there at the desk. The Rebbe took a nice place. It was offered for 200 francs. Wow, yummy. No, <laughs> Schmerl, not those francs. Francs is a payment in those days. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Schmerl, you cheered me up. You were cheered all along? Yes, I was always cheered. I uh, I try very hard not to get that. Um, okay, so, yeah. Uh, so, let's continue on in the story. So, right, so, fine. He paid 200 francs for the... For the hotel room. And he was warned that one remaining three room. There was even more expensive. And he took it. Well, his two wealthy Hasidim took two rooms. Took rooms in a different hotel because of the cost. After a few hours later, Shmuel went to the parlor. Where he took a seat next to a person who was playing cards. Now, Kindleh, for those who don't know about this, that's great. You shouldn't know about this. And... This person was drinking wine. Rebbe rested his hand on the person and said, Young man, it's usher to drink, not kosher wine. And talking about kosher wine? <laughs> That's so funny that uh, kosherwine.newyorkcity joined me on my Instagram. I thank you for joining me here. And I thank Yiddish News here on my... Uh, I thank Yiddish News joining me on my Instagram as well. And all those who are uh, watching my video live on uh, my Facebook page, I thank you as well. Well, a few minutes later, he added, non-kosher wine dulls the spiritual sensitivity. Don't you know that? Behave like a Yid. Then saying shalom, he left the room. Well, hours later, this Yid, this uh, Yid came, this Yid came to the Rebbe. He was shown into the Rebbe's room and he stayed there a long time. And the very next day, the Rebbe sent out the journey back to Lubavitch on his return the Rebbe said, a neshama as pure as this did not come to this world for quite the generations. 
But unfortunately, it fell into depths of impurity. In the course of time, that young man became a Baal Shuva and eventually became the head of a, a Yerushimayim Dika family of a good name. And yeah, well, okay. So now that Nisim came back from his uh, Mincha Marv, um, we're going to ask a question. Why is Pesach night called the Seder? Why do we call it the Seder? Of course, there's going to be many different answers. So you are welcome to answer the question for the next uh, four minutes. And uh, if you would like to call up, please call in 718-506-618-683-5858. So, yeah, make, uh, if you would want to answer the question of why is, why is the Pesach Nights called the Seder, there's a many different answers. And yeah, and uh, if you get the right answer, that's fantastic. If not, you can uh, always try again next week because next week we're going to ask different questions. Uh, so if you want, you can answer the questions 718 683 5858. And Nisim, uh, if, oh, we have a caller. Do we have a caller? Okay, all right. He wants to answer the question? Great. All right, great. Fantastic. And the callers are calling up. And go ahead. What is your name? Maishi Gottman. That's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> Our junior reporter is the first one. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, if you can answer that question, that's fantastic. There's many the, uh, different I answers. I believe there. the answer is because Sejim order. So, we have Kaddish Urchats. And the whole order, so we go according to this order by the Seder. So first we do Kaddish, and the whole Seder, the whole night of Pesach goes according to an order. Excellent answer, and thank you very much for calling. You really got the morale's answer over here, what I'm looking on. And, uh, and, uh, uh Nisim, do we have another caller? Not yet. All right. Uh, we we have someone want some someone that want to be a junior reporter. Oh, wow. I'm taking his number. Okay. Okay. So uh, I am going to. Okay. Um. Well. So. Next week there will be more questions. Why are you asking Pesach questions? Because Pesach is just around the corner. It is. Yeah. In uh, just a few weeks it's Pesach, and you know what, boys and girls out there. You could do a lot to help your mommy and tati for Pesach. Like, what could they do? Well, Shmerel, number one, you know, there's an important mitzvah of keep it up aim. You know that? Yeah. And you know what? Michigan, there's a certain mitzvah called learning with your son. Well, uh, well, that's a different issue. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, wait a minute. You know we met Shmokey when we left him at home? Yeah, I noticed we left Shmokey at home. For a good reason? No, not for a good reason. But yeah, if you know the question, you know the answer to the question, and or you want to tell a joke right now, now is a great time to tell a joke because I have two more minutes. And if you want to answer the question, you could call 718 
683-5858 to answer the question. And uh, we are uh, very happy to take your calls. Um, Neeson, do we have any callers? Right now, no. Right now, no. Okay. So, fine. Uh, all right. So, I guess we're going to stop the show. And I guess we're going to play some of Mendy J's great music. Mendy Jacobson, thank you very much for your music. And I believe I did listen to some of your songs, and they really are great. And I really enjoy them. Um, this has been the Kashreni Hour. I will try to be on next week. Um, uh, and if the song is not long enough, I'm going to be on at the end of the show. So, here we go. Mandy J.
back on. Thank you, Mendy J, for that music. And I believe we have somebody with a joke. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. She didn't have the patience to she wait. She didn't have the patience. Okay. All right. So, okay. So we will continue. We'll I'll, continue with the song. With the song. Of, no problem. All right, okay. we have uh, just about time, and yes, it's that time again of Thursday, which I hate. It's time to say good job is... All right, this has been the Kishwani Hour. I'm Moshe Grunfeld. Listen to me next week's show, because next week's show we do have exciting, and we always have exciting... Uh, Talking about exciting next week's show, I will be talking about Country Yossi, and I won't be talking to Country Yossi, talking about Country Yossi, because Country Yossi is one of my favorite people who I love being in contact to, and he's one of the most famous people who are entertaining. Anyways, this has been the Katroni Hour. I'm Moishi Grunfeld, and 